0: Welcome back to another episode of Record Talk Listen. My name is Lydia, and thank you so much for joining me. On today's show, we feature Mayor Ray Morris. Ray is the mayor of Cumberland, Maryland, and this past Wednesday, he called into the podcast to record a remote episode full of fantastic information about how the city is handling COVID-19, the phases of reopening, and just some general statements about our community at large. I am very appreciative to anybody who takes the time to come and speak with us on the show, and this wasn't any different. I will say it was really great to get back in the saddle, so to speak, and do an interview. I do realize that it has been one year since I have done something like this, and to do a remote is just a voice, and I'm used to having somebody sitting across from me, and that's something I'm learning to adapt to. Speaking of adapting, that's exactly what our small town has had to do, along with our small businesses and people in the area in general, and this podcast really shines a light on all those things that had to happen in order to keep us as a community safe. So without further ado, here's the great interview with Ray Morris, Mayor of Cumberland. Mayor Morris, thanks for joining
1: the podcast. Well, Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to to talk to your listeners.
0: Well, not a problem. And we've got a lot to talk about considering. um, Did you ever think when you were sworn in that a pandemic was a possibility? Uh,
1: That was something that was definitely not on my radar screen. Uh, You know, I I, I came into office and wanted to do some things to help uh, do some consolidation between the city and the county and economic development and try to improve our neighborhoods and, a pandemic was the the last thing that i ever uh uh, ever imagined i mean i think it's like everyone this is this is the only one in our lifetime you know there 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 may be a few people around who remember the 1918 spanish flu pandemic but there's but not too many of them so uh, i don't think anybody was expecting 2020 to be like this if you uh, i bet in 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 2015 when somebody was, was writing down what what will i be doing in 2020 they uh, they weren't thinking i'll be staying at home
0: right but that is like the most important way of doing it other like you know that's the best way to combat this is to stay at home and keep your distance and wear a mask and do all the things that people you know the scientists are telling us to do which is important
1: oh oh absolutely still still right now although you know we're in stage 1 of reopening the safest thing to do is stay home as much as you can. You're, you're always safer at home. And, and, and when you are out, you definitely want to be, you know, wear the mask, keep your social distancing levels, stay in six feet away, be respectful of, of other members of the community. That's what I think it boils down to more than anything else is, is showing respect for the other community members by, by doing the right things like like wearing the mask and and keeping your your your, your six foot spacing away from them.
0: Right. Because it's um, the people that you're coming into contact with might have an autoimmune disease you're not aware of, or they could just be an essential worker and they're making it possible for you to get your groceries or get your medicine.
1: You know, we always we we, we appreciate the, the first responders, the uh, the EMTs, the police officers, the the, the fire department uh, guys and, and gals that are out there every day but and, and right now uh, the the essential employees are the 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 clerks in the stores at the grocery store at the pharmacy and and other places they're just i think they're we're finding out in some ways the true value of a lot of different occupations uh farmers you know and and people that are working in uh at, at dairies and and uh pr- Food processing plants and things like that, you know, and I think we're learning uh, a lot about what, uh, what, an, what's truly essential for our, uh, for our, our lives, you know, and I, I think, I hope people will, you know, have a, a greater appreciation for, for those people going forward. And, and you're, you're, you're right. One of the things that I, that I've talked about with our, uh, you know, when it comes to jobs and things like that in our area, is that in some ways we need to refine our definition of what success is. You know, success for many years was, uh, you know, you, you wanted your, your children to go up and have white-collar jobs, you know, and, and be doctors and lawyers and, 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 you know, accountants, financial advisors, things like that, and we lost our appreciation for for craftsmen, you know, we lost our appreciation for for electricians and carpenters and and plumbers and and think and people that do that kind of work that enhance our lives all every day, but they became unappreciated in, in in our society. And I think we have to go back to to appreciating the craft people again. I think maybe that's something else good that can can come out of this is. People will, you know, refine their definition of success and what a a good life is, what a successful life
0: is. I think you're right. You have to reframe, you know, those are jobs, the plumbing jobs and carpentry jobs, those are jobs you can't outsource. It shines a light on maybe you're in a job that you really don't like and it's not really fulfilling. Like something, having this much time on your hands and having this massive shift in focus can maybe say, you know... I want to be doing something with a little bit more purpose or what I've been doing isn't great. And how can I make it better? So, I mean, there's a massive time for reflection. Are you, are you seeing that on a city and County level as well, as far as with planning goes? And
1: yeah, you know, I, I think, I think we are, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, what the new normal is going to be going forward. And when you think about that, and how how the right way to to do things is, is going to be in the future, I think it does bring you back in some ways to the basics, and I think that uh, gets everyone thinking about you know what's the what's the right thing to do. I think it and that means a lot in our area for you know when you talk about shopping local, yeah, you know, and shopping local means it's it's more than just you know going to the the locally owned stores. It's it's just things like uh, you know this yourself from firsthand. The food sourcing, you know what I mean, from 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 local farmers, and and you know whether whether it's the ve- vegetables or the the local meats and chickens and eggs and and just all of that. And it really says a lot, you know, to people about you know this. I, I need to support the the our, our local economy and our local producers. And on a national level, it's uh, it makes you question how we've outsourced. So many of those manufacturing jobs, you know, that that have have gone to other countries, and it's like, wait a minute, wouldn't wouldn't we be better off as as a, as a as a nation, as a group, to to have those things, you know, in our in our own local environments rather than having them somewhere else on the on the far side of the world?
0: Well, it all goes back to sustainability, you know. So if you're a sustainable kind of ecosystem, which Allegheny County is kind of perched in a really nice space because we have access to farms and we have access to some industry, but we also are pretty sustainable people in general because we've had to be for so many years. Um, and there's like an influx of people planting gardens and growing their own foods. I know as a joke, I asked you if I could keep ki- uh, chickens in the in the city and you said, no, I don't think so. But I mean, the, <laughs> people are starting to think a little bit, um, uh, a little bit further than the immediacy of needing something. And what I love about the local businesses is that they had to adapt so fast and they did it really successfully. And, and the community really rallied around them to support them to do it.
1: You're, you're exactly right. I think our, our business owners going through this have been very creative on what they're doing, Yes, you know, with the now, obviously, the, the the restaurants had to dramatically change the way they do business because everything had to be had to be takeout and and or delivery and and they 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 did they did a great job of, of of changing how they did business. They don't they they might not be able to use all of their employees. They don't need as many employees to do it in the way they're doing it now. But they were able to create an environment in which they could still Service their customers, the people who were who are looking for, for for you know for dinner and things like that. People that are that don't necessarily want to cook themselves, but all of them worked together as a team too. It was good to see all of the local restaurants supporting one another and helping each other out through this. You know, yeah. but that's that 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 says a lot about our our community and how 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 creative they've been in working around the uh, the limitations of what we're able to do right now.
0: Yeah, and I, I do notice that, you know, the hours of restaurants have changed. And also, I would imagine with the phase one reopening, I've noticed just with people putting out announcements on social media, you know, their hours are going to change. They're going to be in shorter durations. They're going to offer some, some people are offering hours only for certain people that, you know, are of a certain age bracket that don't really want to be exposed to a bunch of people. And they're limiting the amount of people I mean, I will say uh, for the, the area is taking this extremely seriously and we have not been spared um, any deaths. I mean, we've, we are up to 16 in Allegheny County. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have, we're experiencing the after effects of this. And so I think it's really encouraging to see people, especially businesses Dip the toe back in slowly, gradually do this, see how it's going to work. Are you worried at all yep. about um, the so-called spikes and peaks um, come fall and winter?
1: You know, obviously that's that's a concern. Uh, so far, you know, if you go back in, into uh, about the middle of April, you'll see a, a dramatic increase in, in Allegheny County. Because of the the, the 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 nursing home cases that came on within about a two week period, right. but if you look at the general population weekly, uh, you're looking at a number that's been fairly consistent all along, between about five to eight cases per week in the general community. So we've we've in, in essence there been able to keep our our curve pretty flat. Mm-hmm. Do I have concerns about reopening? And the answer is is absolutely. I want to make sure that we get it, that we get it right. And we've got a a good group of people that are that are working with it. And it's the, you know, it's some of the some of the restaurant owners and some of the small the, the businesses downtown. And we're working with them, and we're working with the CEDC and the DDC and. The DCBA, all the all the organizations are out there. We're working with the Allegheny County Health Department to make sure that you know we're doing we're doing things right. You know we've got uh, the our, the Chief of Police Chuck Tronetz also in that uh, in that group, and we're looking at making sure that when it's allowable that we're getting everybody the the right information so they can set up properly and do this. In a, in a, in a, safe manner. I mean, because that, that's the number one concern always as we, as we go through these phases to reopen and, and bring our economy back up. But the public safety and health is our number one concern because we don't want to see that resurgence in the fall that a lot of uh, people are, are concerned about. We, we, you know, if you're mindful of that, I think you can you can prevent it and I'll say this. I've been very proud of the reaction of our community. I mean it's like in any in any community you have a a few people who are to the to the the, the real extremists on one end on uh, we 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 shouldn't reopen and to consider doing anything like that until until September, and you have other people that are saying, well, we should have reopened." Uh, three weeks ago, where we shouldn't even have, have closed down. But I'm very proud of our community because the, the bulk of our community, I'd say 80% of the people have come out and they've been respectful of the other members of their community. They've They've, they've, they've stayed at home to the greatest extent possible. Mm-hmm. But when they have been out, they've been following the guidelines. And I think that's why our rate Stayed at a, at a low level and, and was consistent as we as we worked through it, and you know, and that's our goal going forward is to make sure that we we continue with that. And I think it's and I think it's possible that as we do these things, we do them in a, in a planned manner, you know. And you know, there's a, a good likelihood that coming out of this, we we can come out of this stronger than we were before in a lot of different ways if we if we stay focused on on doing it safely I think we people will can see that that our community is doing things the right way and and, and we can become the the place where people want to be
0: yeah well I think also it helps um, businesses to kind of set up a more sustainable practice because we would hope that this is our one and only pandemic but it kind of gets this preparedness in the back of your mind as a business owner to say, okay, this could happen again. There's a potential of this happening again. And how do we pivot quickly and ensure that we're still able to, uh, provide a product to the public at large in a safe manner. So it kind of has opened the businesses up to kind of go, okay, if we can survive this, we can probably survive anything. And we really just need to make sure that everybody's safe. And I do know that um, that's been a really dri- big driving force for a lot of businesses is how do we keep everybody safe, but also how are we going to be prepared for something like this? If it, if you do have to close again in the fall, how are they going to be prepared for that too? I, I,
1: you're, you're right. I think having been through it uh, now is going to only help going forward for people to be able to uh, to to, to mm-hmm. slow things down and change, and and if, if necessary, go back uh, to the things that we're well, I gave back to the things that we're doing right now, if, if, if need be. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. Yeah, the the thing is, that experience is a great teacher. Yes. you know, and and you know, it's one of those things you you don't want to have to go through a, a second time, but having been through it once, you uh, you know how to re, how to respond the, the next time something similar happens.
0: Yeah. So, um, I have a question just because I noticed some, I mean, this would be for any business. And so the, did you notice any things that were exposed as far as deficits were going as far as the city, as far as maybe it was PPE, maybe it was um, just basic communication infrastructure that was really exposed because of the pandemic like you couldn't go to certain buildings you couldn't have act- i mean was it a quick adoption of new technology or how did the city kind of handle and navigate that
1: you know uh, for, for the city i think we were we were very fortunate i mean we we closed down city hall uh so uh, and and so that, that changed the way people necessarily uh, would interact with us uh whether it was the, paying your your water bill, of say you know we, but people I think adapted very quickly to that. You know, I mean, a lot of people instead of bringing their bringing their payment down, could either put it in the mail or if, even in cash payments. We asked them to go to over the one of the banks, and they 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 responded very well. And and dealing with our our community development people, then might be looking for a, a permit to do some building or mm-hmm. something like that. I mean. We, uh, you know, we, we actually in some ways it did got people out of, the, out of the building and, and gave you a, uh, maybe even a better customer perspective because we, we went to them. Uh, we did a lot of different things on our, on our, our staffing of our people. We, we changed start times. We changed lo- on duty locations so that, that in case one member of a, of a group, uh, say in the street department happened to, uh, to, 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 to test positive, it would only affect one other person rather than affecting a whole group of seven just by the, by the way we changed, we did some of our work. And I think that, I think the city staff and employees responded very well to that. And, we almost hate to say it, but we we haven't had any any city employees with a uh, with a case. So you, you knock on wood, we we can continue that because especially with the first responders, those guys are are, are out on the uh, out on the front line. But and we and we you know all of our employees, if you think about it, all city workers are are essential employees. Whether whether it's the guys in the, uh, the street department and the, the work that they're doing or the guys, uh, in our, uh, in our, in our water department. And there, there's, there's things that need to be done on a, on a daily basis. And they've, uh, they've done, they've done a great job with it. I think where, I think where we saw some, some issues and concerns weren't really, weren't really at the city level. It was more at the state level. Okay. And I think it says a lot about the technology that uh, the government departments are using, uh, and that they're, they're behind in their, in their hardware and software in, in comparison to what private industry does. Uh, I guess the, the biggest example for that obviously would be the, uh, the uh, unemployment uh, software, which wasn't able to keep up with the demand for people trying to, to file for unemployment, right. it le- right. le- led to some really excessive delays. I think that's something that I think we'll, we'll you'll see a, a difference in how, in how the government operates and the things that they're looking to do in the future.
0: Oh, absolutely. But I will say the state of Maryland is one of the best as far as implementing the federal um, additional payments. Um, there are still states and people that are waiting on those um, extra payments every month or every week. and they. So Maryland did a really quick, yes, it was really painful for a hot minute, but then they got it together pretty quickly. And from what I've heard from other states and other people is that Maryland uh, adapted very quickly and has been able to serve plus, I mean, let's face it, who could have per- perceived that so many people would be filing for unemployment uh, at, that, oh, oh, at that clip, you know
1: what I mean? Yeah, oh, exactly. And I think you're right. I think the state of Maryland and uh, and Governor Hogan have done an excellent job of being out in front. Yes. You know, there, it, there's, you know, and there, people can always look back and say, well, they should have done that a week before. They should have done that a, a two weeks before those were tough decisions to make until the data started really showing people,
0: also, you there know, wasn't that, any Federal that, 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 leadership also you typically, you know, a federal, somebody in federal leadership positions would be giving you, giving the governors the data and the correct information. That just kind of wasn't happening.
1: Right. Right. And I, uh, I think, and I think as, as we, as we look at, as we look at it going forward now with the reopening, I think that the, the stages that Governor Hogan has laid out is the is the right way to do it, and I and he you can you can tell uh, that he's not in a hurry. You know he's not he's not in a hurry to do it. He wants to do it obviously to to uh, to help the economy, but but public safety and health is, is is his first objective too. And I think that's why when you look at some of the neighboring states, they're doing some things a little a little faster than than Maryland is. Virginia, West Virginia both obviously have, have already opened up for outdoor dining and we're 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 looking at doing that as as, as quickly as we can, but I think we're still a, a week away, you know, or or, or two weeks away maybe. Before you know, we, we, this... we, we we do that, but, we, but we're but we making the plans and getting ready and, and being to be prepared for it when we're allowed to.
0: Yeah. And I think that's also, I mean, it's timelines are tough because that can it can change. It's all going on data. So it's sort of like if people want to know when can we eat outside? It's not as simple as saying like, well, you know it by this date, because a lot of it is is environmental as far as look at how many people are infected if there's an outbreak or there's a hot spot you know you you have to be respectful of that, but you know it is nice to say that some restaurants you can not yes, you can go do outdoor dining, but you know you, there's gonna be limitations to that, and people have to and you said this before, people have been very respectful, and so I think anything that we are allowed to do, I think people are looking at it as from a more grateful perspective than a, um, you know, they deserve it perspective. So we're just happy that that's an option and also realize that some people still won't take that option and they're going to stay home and that's okay too. Uh,
1: exactly. And that's, you know, the, the, the people are going to tell us when the the right time to reopen is. And I say, and that's on a couple different levels. Number one is, you know, it's, it's data driven as to, as to the number of cases on a weekly basis and where they are and where they're happening. The data is going to tell you when it's okay to start to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. but beyond that, it's going to be the people themselves who are going to, who are going to make the choice whether or not they're ready. And that's, that's, you know, and that's, that's a a good thing because it's, if, if someone doesn't feel safe and the, and, and they, and they don't want to Go out for do outdoor dining or they they may not even want to go out to do carry out they may want to do all their, their cooking at home and that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. and that's makes them feel safe and that's and that's good you know so and we'll the so the public's going to let us know we need to we need to make sure that we communicate you know and and we we all, all the uh, guidelines are being followed and but, but then, after that, we know it's all a matter of when the people themselves decide that they feel comfortable and you know, and I think that that's gonna be the key is to 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 get them to 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 believe and that it's okay and and then and then they'll come out i mean if you if you rush into something and you know people come out and they don't have a good experience, they don't feel comfortable with the way a particular restaurant or location is is handling it, then they're not going to come back, you know, and, and that's, that's why you need to, it's one of those things we need to do get it right uh, as close to right as we can the, the first time so that, you know, that people feel comfortable. I think in in some ways the the farmer's market downtown, I think has been a, a good litmus test for helping us to, to work our way into reopening, Mm -hmm. you know, and the requirements and getting, it, it, some of this is as simple as the signage, you know, so that when you, when you got, uh, to, uh, Center Street in between Center and George, nice signs out there and you realize, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to wear a mask. Even, even if I'm just walking through this area, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And so, and people automatically were, were putting their masks on. Quite frankly, they had them on before what I saw when I've, I've been, because I've been down every, every time. They have them on before they even get to the area where it's required. To be honest, but then the people were being very respectful of other people's space while they were up and talking to the talking to the vendors, and the vendors were were there and and being very respectful of keeping the keeping their distance and their space, and being creative just in how they exchanged money Mm -hmm. and how they exchanged the 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 vegetables that they were they had. And a, and a lot of a lot of it's been seed and, and plant oriented so far because I think
0: it's too early, the growing yeah, season yeah. has been
1: mm-hmm. rather re, growing season has been rather cool yes. and we're in our early stages, but it's given us the opportunity to see the right way to do things.
0: Absolutely, and I also think that nobody else in their heart of hearts wants to get anybody else sick. So I, you know, Correct. you're just like okay. I'm gonna, and I think it's also a learned behavior. It's a new, and we have to be patient with ourselves and others because it's new. This is all new. So, if somebody is a little bit too close to you, just say, "Hey, can you back up a little bit?" I just for for my safety and yours. It's one of those things where you would be kind to people because this is a whole new ball game for everybody. Because for the past hundred years, we've been able to do things pretty easily without many consequences in public spaces. So I think that there's a level of people, you're right, respect and then also being kind. So if somebody forgot their mask, don't berate them for it. Just be like, hey, remember, you need to have a mask or, you know, so those are things that you need to be aware of when you do feel safe to go out in public, you know, protect yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. and and, and that was an excellent point you made Lydia it's 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 how you handle yourself when you see someone who doesn't have a mask when it's in in a required area or doesn't seem to be keeping the 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 distance you know it's you know I've seen a lot of things on uh, Facebook drives me a little bit crazy because it's a, a forum in which people uh berate other people and they, and they, they have their rants and this is from both sides. Sure. They have their rants and I'm thinking you're not going to change anybody's mind well, or make them change their behavior by, by approaching it that way. Mm-hmm. Be, be, you know, be respectful and remind them, you know, and, and if, if and 90% of the time, they're going to go, Oh, Oh yeah, that's right. I got to have my mask on here or they're going to take a couple of steps back. And, and that's the way that to, to handle it. Like you say, be kind, be respectful and from, from both sides of it. And, and I think we'll, you know, but, and when I say that, I really do believe our community's done a good job. Oh, sure. I really, I think it says a lot about our community and, and the way that the people are handling it. And I think that shows <laughs> with the number of cases that we get that people are, are doing the right thing.
0: So, uh, with the city, have you adopted a new technology that you might keep around post COVID pandemic? Like, do you, you know, we,
1: we, uh, it's interesting you say that we, as a matter of fact, just, just brought our new, uh, customer service software online today right. uh it's not necessarily something that covid nineteen uh, uh brought on it's something we had been been working on but it uh but it happened now and it's going to be a lot uh a lot more user friendly for people that are trying to uh to, to have dealings with the city you know looking for building permits looking just for general information making payments and things like that so so we, we, like I say, already in the works, but has come out now. I think you, we'll probably have more and more of that. That uh, that people are going to start doing things online. I think we we've had a a, a good increase in the number of online payments and since this started than than what we did. People went in and took the time to, you know, get their bank accounts set up so they sure. could make direct payments and things like that. So I think I think that's going to be something that. People are gonna are gonna stick with and not go back to maybe necessarily what they were doing, what they were doing before. Right.
0: Um. So, what do you what do you think life is gonna look like in six months, Ray? You know, I,
1: I'm I'm I, I'm really hoping that by September that we if we don't have this second wave that people are talking about, I'm hoping by November that a lot of you know the, the schools can re, uh, reopen the the colleges can reopen and I, i'm hoping that life is, to a certain extent is 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 back to normal but it won't be as far back you know it won't be as normal as it was before obviously it's going to be a little bit different but i'm i'm hoping that that that's the case uh i i think we've learned a lot from it um and i i think we won't go all all the way back i think i think as far as online learning and and things like that and the uh, the zoom meetings and the go to meetings and things like that i think a lot of a lot of those technologies are going to be used more frequently in our new normal i think that yeah. and 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 people now that people have been forced to uh to learn uh uh, Zoom and get the app on their phone or on their iPad or laptop. They're 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 using it, and I think that's going to be a, a way that is going to change the way the way people work in a lot of ways. I think there will be less travel, especially in businesses for for people. There'll be more on more online. I think that's going to be the that's going to be the the new the new normal. And in some ways, I think it's going to be better because some of the some of the calls and things that I've been on with the uh, with the, with the governor's office and with uh, the the uh, the department heads for the different departments in the, the state of Maryland and also uh, today I was on a, uh, a, a, a Zoom with the, the Maryland Municipal League and so and it's uh, I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of communication by people that didn't necessarily have to be communicating before they're going to have a, a, a more vibrant and creative ways of, of, of communicating without having, without having to travel. Um, I think for our region, I think this could be something that we truly can emerge stronger than we, we were before. I think this is going to change a lot of people's way of looking at where a good place to live is mm-hmm. Whether they really want to be living in the major metropolitan areas and, and dealing with with all of that, you uh, know, especially people that can uh, that can work remotely, I think there's going to be a lot more remote workers. Yeah, and I think this is going to give them the flexibility then to to say, you know, I'd I'd rather live uh, in a place like Cumberland and Allegheny County and and, and further out and, and change the way a lot of people view what a good life can be. And, and, and I think that's gonna, I think that's something that can, we bodes well for our area going forward to be honest. Cause I, you know, I, I, I grew up, well, I grew up a little bit small towns and big cities, but I spent a lot of time in, in, in big cities, Baltimore, Chicago, Louisville. And, and I, I learned to appreciate the, the small town values and the small town way of life. Uh, and 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 I don't know that I would want to go go back to one of those big cities again and I think people now will start to view uh living further out as a as a as a better way of life so I think that could really help us going forwards
0: Yeah I mean I just I think I have friends that live in New York City and a lot of them came home and a lot some some stayed but I think I would go absolutely bananas if I couldn't go outside and go for a walk and not not go for a walk with like a hundred other people, but like go for a walk and maybe see one or two other people because we do have such beautiful natural resources here and the ability to get out and the ability to kind of clear your head a little bit and then also not have worry about access to food, which is like kind of the basics when... Something bad happens. Everybody goes back to the basics immediately.
1: One of the, you know, one of the simplest things is is, is water, yeah. and we have such a great water supply here, and I, and that and a lot of people don't don't realize how fortunate we are that we have, you know, our own our own reservoirs, albeit they are in Pennsylvania, but we have we have a great water source. We have a good water system. You know, the infrastructure needs a little bit of work. I, 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 learn more and more about that all the time. But all in all, uh, basic, uh, basic needs like, like, like water and electricity and things like that. And, and we have that here. The one area that we need to improve on when it comes to utilities, honestly, is broadband. Yeah. I think this is, <clears throat> I think this has highlighted that even, uh, even more so. I mean, we knew we needed to broadband, but when it came to now for the, uh, for educational reasons, I oh, mean, yeah. it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's something that we have to have. That was one, one thing I, I, I'm, I'm looking to see in the, uh, what's basically phase four of the, uh, the federal government's program is they say that broadband is going to be expanded more into the rural areas because of that. And it's, it's a utility just like electricity yeah. and, and we have to, we have to provide it to our citizens uh here in Allegheny County and in all of the rural areas.
0: Absolutely. I mean just for I mean just for education purposes alone and a lot of schools are requiring kids to do a lot of stuff online now online learning at home for homework and having access to it is really important because it is a it is a utility at this point. Nobody in their house can I mean if you're doing anything online or anything online based you have to have a good broadband and like you said if that's a basic utility, then um, and it's a good, strong broadband network, then we can attract people to move to our area that would be otherwise doing remote work, um, and guarantee them that they're going to be able to do that.
1: Exactly, and I think, and I think people, you know, with the, you know, we're, you know, downtown on 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 Baltimore Street, one of the. One of the biggest parts of of, of of doing that is we're going to be able to put the broadband network through all of the buildings in downtown. I think that's going to be I think that's going to help. It's going to create space for uh, for offices, although, you know, like we were just saying, how how much office space we're going to need when we can re- we can work remotely. Right. But at the same point in time, it's the, ty- it's the type of thing that could could help our economy out here going forward.
0: Sure. Absolutely. So um, I do, um, to started this project last week with a podcast and it was called the Voice Memo Project uh, as a way to kind of connect everybody together with their, like what they're thinking or what, if they have questions or if they have, you know, a story about a related topic. And so I put this thing out last week about feelings and it was sort of like the topic is feelings. So, I mean, how are you feeling about all of this and have you had your ups and downs just kind of like everybody else in town or...
1: Oh, I, I think you know everybody deals with it with it differently, but it is it's a, it's an eye opener and it makes you uh, it makes you think about you know the things you do on a daily basis. What's the right way to do it? What's the safe way to do it? And uh, you know, I, I was had a, I was talking with my brother here right as this was all starting, and he was he's, he's he's older than me. Okay, but he was what he was saying is he was watching as they you know they were talking about the people that are uh, more susceptible and he's going yeah that's me yep that's me yep. and they're telling me i need to stay home you know and i think that a lot of people it, it's made them take a look at uh, at how they're how, how they how they're living and what they're doing uh and it it's it's made you more aware i'm i'm very aware now of of things that i wasn't necessarily thinking about before and how
0: and and how
1: how how I do things on a daily basis and you know and there's i think everybody has gone through anxiety and stress over this i mean and and how they've been able to handle it uh you know in uh, just in their in their daily lives because some some people are feeling trapped mm-hmm. you know with me i've been able because I do go down to to city hall and i am uh, around some people, I mean, we, we we keep our distance, we wear our masks, but you know, it, it gives me the uh, the opportunity to be out. Uh, other people I, I know are, are a little more uh, stressed with the the cabin fever for not being able to go out. And then I think of some people. Back to my brother again. My brother is a is a tech support guy for his company and uh, and a little bit of an introvert and. If, and he was like going, and it hasn't really, it really bothered him too much. That, right. you know, not having to, not having to get on the metro and go to downtown DC. He's going, this, you know, this isn't so bad. It's
0: not that you know?
1: so, bad. So different people have handled it different ways, you know. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I guess the whole thing is, you know, it's okay to feel all of those different ways because, like I've said before, people have never experienced something like this, um, and we're all sort of going through it together. So I guess remaining kind to each other. And, you know, if you need, if you do need help, like if you need to talk to somebody, definitely talk to somebody, like reach out if that's something you need to do.
1: I think that I I, I don't, you know, it's something I, I haven't looked at. And probably after what's happened to it with a good friend of mine here in the last week, I don't know how well. I think it's probably showing a lot of mental health issues that that people have, and accentuating that. I, but I think that there's a lot of people out there that are that need help and need somebody to to talk with, and uh, and this is a, a very stressful time for them. And I, I think it's important that we we understand that and, and, and reach out to your friends and talk with them and, and see how, see how they're doing is really, really have, have those conversations with them and, and, and see how they're doing and, and uh, make sure they're okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a sim- as simple as a phone call or a text message. And, you know, I know that people probably are sick of using zoom calls, but, you know, set up something once a week, you know, I've I,
1: I, I actually with a group of, uh, my college classmates, fraternity brothers. We, uh, we, every Tuesday, uh, every Tuesday at seven, we have a, we have a zoom, uh, we call it a zoom cocktail hour, you you know, and, uh, and and, and it's great to, to see everybody and where they are and, and what they're doing and able to have the conversation. And that's why I say going forward, a lot of things are going to be different because I think people are, people are going to even for, you know when before when I was talking about it, I was talking about work, but even socially, I think people are gonna are gonna do more with some of the platforms that are out there to 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 connect with their friends and to connect with their families
0: absolutely so um, do you have a resource for small businesses? I know there's a bunch of grants that are just become available, and um just for a whole sorts of different things. Should they contact the c the Cumberland Economic Development Commission—is that
1: what it's called? We we have been uh, fortunate in that there's a there's there's a community development block grants when and we were given uh, 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 I think it was around four hundred thousand dollars that we could use for uh, for say hazard pay and PPE that was made available to us. Uh, also the uh, the, the, the CARES Act from the, the federal government, viewpoint gave, uh, Allegheny County a total of, uh, $12 million. Now about $6 million will go directly to, uh, health and emergency services. The yeah. Allegheny County Health Department and Department of Emergency Services will get about half of it. The yeah. other $6 million is going to be then divided up between, uh, the pay for employees, the hazardous pay, the PPE equipment, and you'll see like the the county has a uh a grants program that initially they brought it out with a a little over a hundred thousand dollars and they they exhausted that very quickly mm-hmm. but through the cares uh the cares act they were able to add another three hundred thousand dollars for small businesses for grants and so and grants are without question the uh, the best method that to, to to get money into the oh, into yeah. people's hands something that they're that quite frankly they're not going to have to repay because their the income that's been lost by the individuals and by the businesses is going to be it's something you're not going you're not going to make up right. but yet you still had you still had a mortgage payment you still had your utility payments right. and all of those things that you had to do. Uh, now, the city has a program, but ours ours is a loan program because that 's the the way it had been uh given to us by the state. It was designated for a loan program we're we are looking into that to see if we can can modify it but ours is a is a loan program but it's for those that that have fallen through the cracks from the federal from the state and even the county level those we're, you know, we're, those are the, the things the people we're looking at to be able to to use our our loans with, and they're pretty no interest, six months no payment, okay, and then uh, a no interest uh, repayment plan over over 36 months. So we'll we'll see if the uh, how how well that goes over. If it if it, like I say, if it doesn't, we're going to look at if we can turn that into a grant program. Also, it's just how the uh, you know that's something we'd have to modify the agreement by, from the state on that sure. but so there, there has been there' been a lot of uh of resources that have that have been coming down from 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 you know from the feds in the state and and then we've had and i'll say this great cooperation with uh with allegheny county in in the city of cumberland uh, great cooperation from the, the commissioners everybody's been you know, talking and working and trying to coordinate things together.
0: Good well that's what you need in a time of crisis you need people to come together and and be leaders we were lucky we're lucky we live in the state of Maryland which which had very strong leadership at the very beginning that outlined everything um, and continues to outline everything really clearly so I know that you do Facebook live broadcasts, but is there anywhere else that people can go as far as like if they have questions about certain aspects of the phase Phased, re- phased reopening is there a website they can go to or do you encourage them to just tune into your facebook lives
1: uh, well, you know right now um, the the with this with the oh the continue i'll well, i'll be continuing to do the live streams both uh with different things like on the reopening we'll be doing a, a, a you know, when we have some information on when we can do things we're going to be doing live streams for that uh I've been doing the weekly COVID nineteen update generally on, on Friday afternoons. I do a, a, a weekly review of where we stand and, and, and go over any of the changes that have happened. And we're gonna we're gonna continue to do that. Um the city the city website has has links to all of the information and it will link you into the state and to programs like that. Um, but visit uh, visit CumberlandMaryland.org is the website that we're doing the uh the economic development and the reopening of cumberland we're going to be doing that through their website and also their facebook page are going to be the best places to get information as soon as it as soon as it's available
0: awesome that's great well mayor morris thank you so much for coming on the podcast and you can come back anytime you want so you can, this can right, well thank your- you
1: very much for having me and uh and I and I will I'll be back as, as as things start to reopen and changes are happening I'll I'll be I'll be checking in with you and your and your listeners. That'd Thank be you.
0: great. No problem. Thanks so much. For more information on what you've heard on today's show, please head over to our website and that's recordtalklisten.com. As mentioned in this episode with Mr. Morris, you can participate in the Voice Memo Project, and there's a whole page dedicated to it on our website. So please take a look at that. Send us your voice memos, and you can participate in an upcoming podcast. The topic is feelings. We all have them. We all can express them in different ways. We all have stories about them. Think of something that you're willing to share. You can do this anonymously, so you don't have to say who you are. So just... Get the courage and participate in this really fun community-based project. And remember, our community is worldwide, so they can come from anywhere in the world. And we're pretty excited about that. If you want to get in touch with us, we we are on all social media platforms, which are listed on our website. And you can always send us an old-fashioned email, and that's recordtalklisten at gmail.com. This has been another episode of Record Talk Listen, where I hit record, people talk, and hopefully you listen. Until next time, thank you so much.